What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Serious Angler podcast, powered by our friends over at X2 Power Batteries. And we are back with the captain, Mr. Andy Full. And as always, I'm your host, Bailey Eichbrett. Andy, it's good to be back. Good to be back for the both of us here. I know we had uh, was old Hamner and I running solo on Tuesday evening, but uh, it's good to have the crew back. A consistent week. We're both not in too much of chaos, and uh, we got ourselves a fun show tonight. Yeah, sorry I missed Tuesday night. I was driving home from Connecticut, and I got home like an hour before. I had to get my boat fixed before we had some big derbies coming up. So, yeah, that was fun. Two-day hiatus, drank a lot of good beer while we were up there in New England, (laughs) ate some donuts, because it's the home of the donut, which I never knew. So, Hmm. like, every coffee shop I went into, I was like, give me a donut, the best one, and they're all fantastic. Just a couple of things. But, (laughs) yeah. Great, great beer. Got my boat fixed. Everything's working great. And got home Tuesday, missed the podcast, and I've been guiding every day since. And then this weekend I'm off and got a couple busy weeks of guiding and tournaments. So it's going to be fun. What's up with you, man? Hey, by the way, congrats on AOI, the was it NYKBF championship, yeah, right? It's it's championship. Local deal. Yeah, local it's, deal. That's awesome. Still fun. Still fun. But, uh, we can talk about that on another show because we want to get right to the point tonight. And yes. so, uh, so we'll lay it out. And we talked, you know, briefly with the guys here offline too. Uh, it's been the buzz for the past couple weeks. And originally, Andy and I were kind of just monitoring everything. We had talked about it internally. We really didn't want to get in on the conversation too much because there was a lot of people saying, um, you know, pretty insightful stuff for and against. But we had a lot of people come to us asking us actually speak about it and while andy and i think we have good viewpoints on it we wanted to talk to guys that are professionals experts with it and see both sides and especially get on people that can put emotion to the sec we see a lot of that nowadays not even just fishing but emotion controls certain debates and discussions and we wanted something that would be insightful you know unbiased just yes people that live and breathe with this technology and can see the ins and outs and look at it from different perspectives so we got an awesome crew joining us here, and we won't waste any time getting them on here and getting this discussion rolling. But obviously, we're talking about forward-facing sonar tonight, and we were talking about it offline briefly. It's been almost nauseating how much it's yeah. been talked about. So we're going to talk about it tonight at, at length, but then Done. we're going to. This is going to be our stance on it, and <laughs> it honestly needs to to move past. But we thought this would be a great discussion. Yeah, uh, with, Just, the, with these guys. Real quick, all we need is the next thing to come out, and all the banter forward facing sonar will yeah. go away. Something so. to distract everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think without further ado, let's bring him on here. We'll start with uh, a fellow who's no stranger to the show, podcaster himself, Mr. Josh Bertrand. What's going on, man? What's up, guys? Hey, I think it's funny that you guys think this is the last time you're going to talk about it. And same with Joey. <laughs> There's no chance you're done talking about this, Joey. You're just getting started, bro. So, uh, yeah, welcome to the party. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's just getting started. That's right. And a perfect transition there, Josh, for uh, we have Mr. Joey Sefuentes, Rookie of the Year, joining us as well. This thing has been out for how many years now? There's no way that it's – why is it just now coming up? You know, like – I don't get it. I don't get that. Yeah. And then last but not least, (laughs) taking a hiatus from uh, cutting up an elk for us, Mr. Brandon (laughs) Pollinick. What's up, guys? Yeah, I I really just came here because I needed a break. I felt like I was getting (laughs) tired of cutting elk. I was going to chop a finger off. So 
Figured I'd just take a break and just listen in. Yeah. <laughs> be your excuse anytime, buddy. But uh, hey, congrats. Congrats on the elk. Uh, that's freaking awesome, Thank man. You. Um, but fellas, I think without further ado, what we'll do uh, is I mean, you've all been on the show before. Uh, we can link the episodes down before if guys want to hear more about you guys individually. But we're here to talk about the uh, the topic at hand tonight, you know, being forward facing sonar. So I think really quick, we'll go around the horn with you three and kind of just give with all the craze that's been recent, you know, in debate of forward facing sonar, your stance on it and what your your point of view and your your feeling of it is. And, you know, we'll go we'll go right to left here and start with you, Josh. Just kind of quick your point of view of it all. Yeah. I've obviously, you know, really enjoyed it. I think it helps me be more successful on the water. So, you know, as a a guy that likes to fish and compete and a competitive person in general, hey, man, I mean, it's it's helped me catch more fish. So, I mean, that's a really basic viewpoint, but I love it. You know, I, I've had it. I was one of the, uh, you know, original guys. You know, I, I was with Garmin when it was like just getting cool to get with Garmin. Um, and it was right when Panoptics started in 2016. And, um, you know, Panoptics was good. And then LiveScope was even better. But I've been using it since 2016. So, like, it's kind of, you know, it, it's I've had it for, what is that now? Is that uh, eight years, years, seven years? Um, so I, I'm a big fan. For sure. Joey? Yeah, I mean, the, to me, there's there's nothing cooler when I first started using it, watching a fish eat your bait, you know, on on live screen. I mean, it's 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 a blast. Everybody I talk to, my buddies that fish around, I mean, they they love it. Like, it's a cool way to catch fish, um, very effective way to catch fish, uh, the most effective way I think we have now. So, um, I'm all about it, man. I love it. And Brandon, round us out. Uh, I. I guess you could say I'm mixed on it, but I'm probably more pro forward-facing sonar because I haven't seen any like legitimate studies or anything saying that it's bad for legitimate reasons. Uh, I understand some of the arguments that are out there, but I don't think that those are necessarily the technology's fault either. Uh, you know, people are just blaming it on the technology. Uh, you know, if it was like the end-all, be-all not Josh, but but since he brought it up that he's been doing it probably as long as anybody on any pro tour. Mm -hmm. Um, Josh, this was like one of your toughest years ever, right? Oh yeah. Big time, dude. Competing wise. So if it, if you have a guy that has been doing it longer than everybody else, like why would he have the toughest year this year, right? Like to be way ahead of everybody. So it's not, it's not like you just put your trolling motor down, have you know use it, and you just go catch fish. There's so many other aspects to the game that uh, I don't know. It a lot of the arguments are valid, and a lot of them are not. Right? Like you said earlier in the show they're emotional based. Uh, you know the I'm not going to get into all of it right now because they've got questions and stuff, but I'm. To me, like I enjoy using it as an angler. I've learned a ton, like things that I thought fish did or the way that they reacted. Uh, you know, I used to be a guy and still am pretty basic in colors, but I do carry more colors now because I've seen situations where you can throw the exact same bait 
and you just change a color and all of a sudden you get a bite. Mm. Now, you know, for me as a competitor and just as a student of the game, whether I competed or not, I think it's awesome to like open up more techniques and like different ways to catch them and understanding colors and things that we thought like, Oh, it's clear water. You have to throw a translucent color. Like a lot of that stuff is kind of out the window. Yeah. Well, I think you hit on something really good there that we'll get into a little bit deeper later in the show. And it's something I feel strongly about as well as I don't think we've with the technology it's accelerate how much we understand about the bass or the, in any fish for that matter, that we can learn about their behavior that we couldn't before that, or at least as well before that technology. Uh, that's personally what I love about it. What Andy and I love about it is we're, you know, we talk about students of the game, like your, your learning curve of just understanding how these fish behave with each other alone and with other species yeah. has gone through, has gone through the roof. Um, and, you know, we, we talked, we hit on it that this has been around since, you know, Josh, you said 2015 or 16 mm-hmm. and, and feel free to interject here, but I guess we'll, we'll lead with you, Josh. Why do you think this is becoming a conversation now, you know, seven, eight, nine years later? You know, for sure, because everyone's getting it right. Like, I mean, when it first came out, it was just the Garmin guys. Now all three brands have their own version of it and everybody's using it and everyone's getting better with it. You know, it's one of those things that there are, there's tournaments where it'll surprise you, you know, you you don't think it's going to be a factor and it somehow is right. And, um, you know, I just think the way things laid out, especially this summer, you know, it, it just kind of dominated the scene and it dominated the scene earlier in the year in a couple uh, tournaments where people didn't expect that to happen. And, um, you know, I, I, it's, it's, this is all coming from tournament fishing. You know what I mean? It's coming from tournament fishing and, uh, you know, it's been the headline and, and Hey, one thing too is like when someone has something negative to say online, people just love to put gas on that fire. Right. And like, I hate to, I'm not looking at it like it's been a negative thing, but like there's a lot of people speaking of it in a negative way. Um, And a lot of that is coming from just their own, maybe personal opinions or, you know, not again, like Brandon said, there's no, there's not any research behind it. There's no data behind it. It's just someone that wants to be loud. And, uh, and Hey, there are valid, I, again, there's valid arguments on both sides about this thing for multiple reasons, but, I think it's a mix of, of, of the way the tournament season went and then just people wanting to jump on the bandwagon of, of negativity, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. And I want to make a quick call out before we go to Joey here that last night, uh, Alex Rudd, uh, folks don't uh, follow his channel or anything. I plugged that in the description. He had Gene Gilland from Bass to talk about, specifically from a biologist standpoint about forward-facing sonar and the environmental and uh, conservation aspects of this. I think for anyone that's for and against, really more for and against, like, go listen to that because I think it's pretty insightful and it's actually factual statements being had from the guy that is lives and breathes learning these fish and how it actually, you know, forward-facing could impact fisheries. Um, and I've had conversations with Stephen Barton, you know, Josh, you and I talked about it uh, with MLF and he's got pretty similar opinions and a lot of this is kind of being an overreaction, but 
we'll get into that later in the show. But, you know, same question to you, Joey. Why do you think this is becoming conversation now rather than when it was introduced? Yeah, I kind of agree with Josh. I mean, it was, um, you know, Tyler winning. I mean, on the Elite Series, Tyler winning, uh, you know, Okeechobee on it. That was kind of weird, you know. But at the same time, you had nine other guys on camera that were fishing normal. So I don't understand the complaining. It wasn't like we were just all watching, you know, forward-facing sonar all year long. So um, I think I think that, you know, just the, the year and um, – I honestly don't know. I asked that question earlier. I, I don't know what the, what the hype is about it right now. I, I really don't understand it. I'm, I'm here to learn too. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. Brandon, any two cents on that? Uh, well, I think a lot of the guys that had it at first saw the power in it and kept it under wraps as long as they could. Right. And then it slowly started to leak out. And like Josh said, now all the major brands have a version of forward facing sonar and I mean, I like it's not any different than when I had Met 360 and a bunch of people didn't like that gave me a huge advantage. It's no different than when guys got side imaging for the first time and like how much more ground you could cover offshore. Like you could idle down the ledge and just see the schools of bass on your side imaging. You have to idle over them with 2D sonar. Um, you know, like nobody complains about gps mapping or gps and like uh, contour lines but contour like think about how crazy it is that you don't have to hold out a paper map and then try to figure out where you're going to like a lot of the younger guys have never used or bought a paper map but i'm like i'm only 35 but when i started like you still went and bought paper maps that was a Mm -hmm. thing uh, because a lot of the lakes didn't have the HD contours that they have. Now I can just scroll around on my Solix unit or I can get on my iPad on app and I can scroll around and I can mark waypoints and I can drive straight to it. And then I can just spot lock right there and fish it. Yeah. And so there's a lot of other technology from the argument of like, it's just making fishing too easy that did this similar thing right like they were an advancement in technology uh it's it probably has the biggest impact just because you're able to see everything that's happening Um, but that doesn't mean that you catch every fish that bites either Um, Mm -hmm. so i think like part of the the schedule ride of guys doing it later in the year and, and like that was the end of the season Right versus if it would have been early in the year, there probably would have been some talk about it. And then if we went to like all shallow power fisheries, and it wasn't really a thing, it probably would have faded away. And then this off-season conversation wouldn't be being had as much. I want to, yeah. I want to, I want to ask you a question real quick because if if you look at the people that are upset about you know, or that are, you know, commenting, you know, bad about the forward facing sonar is, is, are these people the kind of old school? Is it more coming from that older generation? Because I'm thinking like, if you ask all these younger kids and people, you know, my age or, you know, younger, like, are they complaining about it? Or is it just that, you know, older class of folks? Uh, I think it depends on what the argument is. Uh, I would say it's mixed a little bit more 
when you talk about the argument of boring to watch. Smallmouth tournaments have always been boring to watch. Right. And I, I'll agree to an extent that it is boring to watch, like when you watch it. But I'm also going to make the argument that that's not the technology's fault. Yeah. Right. Like it doesn't matter what a guy's doing. If he's just standing up there, not talking, not explaining what he's doing, like people watch live because they want to learn. They want to see what's happening. They want to see fish catches. And there's no doubt it brings more fish catches. But we have to do a better job as anglers explaining like how we found fish, what we're doing, what we're looking at. And then the organizations, they need to step up their game and add more angles, overlays on the screen. Like, let's work together, like as anglers and organizations, and let's just elevate our game. Let's not just try to ban something because people say to watch. They say going to watch, and that's actually the fact. Well, let's just elevate our game and make it not boring to watch, rather than just trying to cancel something out. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. feel like if they were going to ban it, they should have banned it in 2016 or 2017 when only two or three percent of anglers had it, right? Or 10% of anglers, kind of like the Alabama rig. When it first came out and it took off, it was banned basically immediately in all major tournament organizations. Like at this point, it, we're too far into it to even think about it, in my opinion, because everybody has the equal opportunity to have the technology on their boat. Josh. Yeah, it makes sense, Andy. And, and, you know, just going back to the boring to watch situation, like bed fishing, isn't that fun to watch, right? Like when you've got a tournament that's being dominated by bed fishermen, you have a guy set up on a seven pounder for 45 minutes. So focused that he can't say anything. That's no different. So uh, yeah, I, I think it's a great point that like, you know, as anglers and organizations, you know, we need to identify some things that can make certain tournaments more exciting because, and I know you want to talk about tournaments and scheduling later, Bailey. So I don't want to get too far into that right now, but um, you know, not every tournament can, you can't be, you know, having frog blowups and, and blowups on a walking date all day, every day um, <laughs> during these tournaments, you know, it's, it's more, of course it's more fun to watch explosive action, but uh, you know, it's fishing and uh, to have a good, diverse schedule you've got to have some of this stuff so yes it's you know hey yeah that it gets gets back to being on us a little bit and also as as an angler you had to be a little more cognizant if you are on camera like be focused but also you know don't be afraid to talk about what you're doing while you're doing it yeah and i, I agree and i think that one makes a better production and two i think selfishly as an angler the more your personality comes out i mean it's better for you business-wise i feel like for you as an individual but I, uh, the one thing going to the smallmouth tournaments, I was really surprised to see how many people all of a sudden were complaining about smallmouth tournaments being boring when, because they're like, all oh, these guys, all they do is stare down at screens. Well, they were doing that before with 2D. Like it, it was the same, it was yeah. the same, same concept. So I thought that was, that was rather shocking in regards to how that was. But I mean, that's a great point of the organizations and the individuals, Brandon, working together on that. And we're going to, we're going to get to that, you know, specifically here in a little bit but um i had some really good conversations with folks we put out a post just asking people's opinions um trying to you know leave emotion out of it but just tell you know if you're for it why are you for it if you're against it why are you against it and we ha I had some really good conversations with people that were against it um and 
I asked them a simple question of like, if you had a new lake that neither, you know, two anglers, new lake, neither of them ever been to one angler is given forward facing sonar and one angler is given mapping and side imaging, which angler do you think would do better? And there was a very hard question for them to answer because I think one has a lot, a lot more long-term impact. Whereas forward facing sonar, obviously is real time impact of being able, you know, precision cast baits, isolate, you know, specific targeted fish, et cetera. Whereas you get a way better lay of the land when you have mapping. I think it was on Mercer's podcast where he said, I can't, I, I want to say it was Welcher. Don't quote me on that. That was his guess. But they talked about how the mapping nowadays is more powerful than we're giving it credit for. Whereas forward facing sonar is obviously this big, shiny new thing where the mapping now is exposing absolutely everything. Whereas before, you know, you could find some stuff that wouldn't be on the map that you'd have to yourself. I'm curious from your guys' standpoint, same question. One angler with forward, the one angler with mapping and side imaging, who do you think is going to fare better on a brand new body of water, if that makes any sense? And Josh, we can start with you. That's a great question. And it's it. Yeah, I I like that question. But um, I think the guy with the mapping has a chance to get on them quicker. You know, I think the guy with the mapping can drive right to whatever zone of the lake or right to some structure that looks good and get on them quick. And of course it depends on the bite. The guy that only has forward facing sonar, it might take them days to find where the fish are at. Right. It, it, it depends on when and where, but um, it's, it's nasty to have the combination. You know, that's what right. you want is the combination, but one or the other, um, if I was going to a new body of water, especially a big body of water, uh, I probably would need a map. <laughs> <laughs> This is going to come full you circle. You're going to Lake, on- <laughs> go to Lake Ontario and you're just like zero contours. Like, hey, drop your trolling motor and go find some bass. Yeah, go live scope, dude. It's going <laughs> to take luck. you days to find them. Yeah. Yeah, see, open, I'll- open a prayer. <laughs> yeah, go on the same I'm just going to troll out to the ducks real quick. Here, just let me go. <laughs> yep. See how long before you. How do uh, I get there? <laughs> rip off your motor. Yeah. Uh, Joey, what about you, man? Be interesting. Yeah. So I kind of, I'm, I'm going to go with Josh on that too. Like, you know, thinking about mapping and how important it is. Like if I didn't have mapping, I I don't think I would be able to find the fishes quick. And I think that goes back to, um, you know, your previous knowledge, the kind of foundation of the things that I've learned over the years, like, you know, you need that. And, and the forward facing sonar is just a tool to help you catch the fish, you know? So, um so yeah i'd go with the with the mapping guy for sure yeah i'm brandon i'm gonna assume it's a similar answer but anything to add on top yeah of that? <laughs> I, i'm all about maps. i mean so so much so to the point if i'm fishing around other anglers like during practice i see a guy idling around and stuff if i know what brand of electronics that guy has like if i know a guy doesn't have lake cards on certain lakes I'm less worried about him finding certain pieces of structure because I know that he doesn't have the mapping right? where like I may be able to drive exactly to a place that someone else may overlook and vice versa, right? Like they may have better mapping on a different place. Um, but it's crazy how powerful that is um, versus forward facing sonar. And I mean, I would, I would way rather have, mapping and side imaging for the sense of efficiency 
in how much water you could cover. Now, if it was a, a yearly tournament, and on the side of the body of water, the forward-facing sonar guy might win because he might figure out, you know, like where he needs to be by that time. Mm-hmm. But if it's a week-long deal um, and it's a big body of water, I don't think you could beat a guy that had the map and or you would have to just get way more lucky, right? Like the guy with the map and stuff is going to take a lot of the luck out of it. Right. That makes sense. Um, and so, and so with that, you know, getting you guys on here um, one, you know, obviously appreciate you guys taking the time. And one of the questions I had positioned, I obviously want all your viewpoints on, but really Joey was one of the reasons we really wanted to get you on here as rookie of the year for, for the elites. And cause I've seen this comment fl- been flown around and seen it from some prevalent individuals that I was kind of shocked by because you were winning tournaments, if not top five, well before you had Ford face and sonar, but this whole comment on the new guys that it's a lot easier f- for you guys to do well because you're advanced with Ford facing sonar. And I thought that was a very shocking comment, but I'm kind of curious from your perspective, your two cents on all that. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just think that's, that's, you know, you can't, I mean, I, I have so much knowledge that I've gained over the years about, you know, what bass do in certain situations and different times of year. And like, if I didn't have that, you know, I mean, that's really, you know, putting the two together is, is obviously, you know, why I've had success. Um, I mean, recently, but, you know, I had some in the past too. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. I mean, it's, uh, these, these, the kids that are fishing, you know, they're, they have all the knowledge, you know, they're, they're learning just like everybody else. They're knowing all the, the techniques and different things to throw throughout the year. So, uh, you can't just, you know, have a, a forward facing sonar and, and do well in tournaments. And mm-hmm. especially when it comes to angler of the year and, and rookie of the year, or whatever, um, you know, I mean, I caught a lot of fish this year on forward-facing sonar, but um, there were many tournaments that I did well in that, you know, I never even turned it on or used it. So, um, yeah, I mean, to be a, well, a well-rounded angler, you have to be able to do everything. For sure. Josh, you got anything to add on that? Yeah, uh, Joe, I mean, Joey's right, I think. It's uh, obviously, you know, younger, it seems like as the years go by, younger people are better with electronics doesn't matter what type of electronics you're talking about they grow up with them Mm -hmm. so it's not you know it's it's harder to teach an old dog new tricks right like you grow up with something you're more natural with it so yeah some of these younger anglers are fantastic with forward facing sonar um but you know everyone's got the option to become proficient with it on their own, no matter who you are. Um, and, and I do agree that like, yeah, it's, there are certain lakes in, in rare certain times where if you're good at live scope and you know nothing about fishing, you might be able to go have some success. But I think most of the time your knowledge of bass and their habits, seasonal patterns, stuff like that is the most important thing you got to get, you know, you, you, you drop in on this, on this big body of water you have to get into the zip code that these bass live in before you can even think about using forward facing sonar. And if you're clueless, you're never even going to get in the right zip zip code. So, um, it's all important. And, uh, 
sure, you know, I think you're seeing more success from younger anglers, but how about we start giving some credit to all the high school programs, the college programs, um, the amount of other information that's available on the internet and just publicly as well. Like when I think, you know, Brandon, Joey and I are all probably pretty similar age. And uh, when we started, um, there was a lot of, there was a lot of information out there, but it pales in comparison to what is out there now. I mean, Hey, I was reading a magazine article trying to learn how to fish from that. Now the amount of information that's on the internet, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you could be 18 years old and know more than the best fisherman did, uh, the best 40 year old fisherman did 25 years ago. So it all, you know, comes together. You can't just blame live scope <laughs> or forward facing sonar for it. Like there's so much information available to these, to these younger anglers that they're going to keep getting better and better and better. Yeah. The, the learning curve has rapidly accelerated because of that. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, anything on top of that? I mean, I, I agree that, you know, they've made great points and things that I've thought about. Um, yeah. Joey came in and won two events here and he's good with forward facing sonar. But what about the fact that Larry Nixon was his mentor? Like that, yeah, that might have helped some of his knowledge over it the course of his lot. career. The, the first million dollar man back fishing is your mentor. I think you probably have a good head start on people, uh, <laughs> you know. And then that goes into the, like that was the old school way of learning. You got the information through your direct peers and other people and mentors and things like that. And then to Josh's point of the amount of technology, like all of the guys before us and the guys that are competing now and the guys that are going to come after us, we're literally teaching everybody how to take our jobs. We're out there telling everybody how to do exactly what we spend hundreds and thousands of hours out there figuring out how to do. And then we put it in a video and say, here, this is how you go do it. And so, of course, yeah, and live, like, you can watch hundreds and thousands of hours of live bass fishing. So there's no secrets. Like, everything is out there. And the amount of information, of course, it like, guys are going to be better at a younger age because there's more information available. And if they're better with technology, they go and they scour the internet and they watch that stuff well then they're shortening their learning curve even more so it's like the forward-facing sonar is a tool that allows guys to be more efficient but it does not allow you to be able to just go catch bass without any other knowledge it just happens to be there's a younger generation that has had their entire lives right like a lot of guys that are 18 20 years old They've had the internet their entire lives. Like the internet hasn't been, you know, it seems like it's been around forever, but like the internet used to not be a thing when I was a kid. There was no internet. Uh, and now you can be eight years old and you can go on YouTube and you can research everything, you know, and find everything about bass fishing. And so I think that has more of an impact than any technology ever will as far as you know, just being able to catch fish and how much better they are. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that they're not locked into any one 
thing. Um, you know, and I think the professional bass fishing as a whole has shifted from, you know, being a lot of guys being technicians in a certain category to much more versed angles across the board. Uh, and, and you can win being a versatile angler. Whereas before, you know, you had as that were really good at flipping you had guys that were really good offshore really good deep cranking uh, and that that's kind of shifted for, because of all that knowledge guys just know how to do everything mm-hmm. well and and one thing you know andy and i looked through this too you go back uh uh you know since the bpt started and also you look at you know five six years of the elites and you look at the top say 20 and AOI and you're going to see the same names there consistently prior to when this has become such a craze. Obviously you have uh, your exceptions here and there of guys having, having good years or bad years and, you know, rookies coming in. Uh, But that, you know, I've heard some great comments from folks that the guys that were doing well before forward facing sonar are still doing well with like, it's, uh, there's still something to it. It's just an added tool. Uh, And I think that's a a great point to remember um, and that it doesn't, just because you have it doesn't mean it automatically makes you some secret weapon to catch them everywhere and everywhere, uh, which is you guys have been making perfect points about. Um, and so I know Brandon, you got a role here in a few. So I'm going to hit, if you got time for one last question here, yeah. um, just looking ahead forward. I know Brandon, you hit on it a little bit earlier with, you know, the anglers and the leagues working together to create a better product for, to reduce the amount of noise, I guess, for, for viewers. Um, but around the horn, like what, what solutions beyond that do you guys see that needs to be had, uh, to either to improve this or, yeah, like you said earlier, it could have been scheduling, whatever it might be. Um, but Josh, we'll start with you. Yeah, I, I think just being cognizant of everything that's going on right now, all the chatter, like, I mean, Hey, there's, there is something to it, right? Um, uh, you know, you can't listen to every single person on the internet. You'll go crazy trying to please everybody. You'll never be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, being aware of what's going on, what people are saying, and just trying to find ways to, uh, you know, make it a, a better place for everybody and a better viewing experience for everybody. So, yeah, I, I think having a diverse schedule is key, you know, having – um, you know, you never know how a tournament's going to go. Like you might think you have a tournament where surely nobody's going to use forward and someone's going to go win it using forward. And then vice versa. You have one that you think is going to be dominated. Our, our last tournament, Saginaw Bay, ultimately it was one with it, but most guys had flipping sticks in their hands and frog rods in their hand fishing up shallow. So mm-hmm. you never know how it's going to go, but, but at least be thinking about that. But more than anything, um, it's up to production and up to the anglers. And um, even maybe electronics companies, too, can uh, can help get involved and try to find a way to to get what we're seeing to the viewers. Because I'll tell you, you want to talk about wanting to watch a show to learn. If you could see what we're seeing and learn what we're learning, you will catch a lot more fish. Yeah, great points. Joey? Um, I don't really see, honestly, don't see a solution. I mean, I think ultimately if you just got rid of social media, this wouldn't even be a thing. Um, so I think that's probably the main solution, but, uh, yeah, I mean, even, I mean, honestly though, if they could, if they could put screens up 
like on live and for us to watch, like they would have done that already. I don't think it's that easy. I think there's, I think there's a lot more that goes into it. Um, so I think we just keep rolling and fishing and, and there's always going to be people complaining and moaning and growing it and, and, um, it'll, it'll blow over with time. I think we just keep rolling. That's just my opinion. I hear you. Brandon, I know you went into it a little bit earlier, but anything to add on top? Yeah, I'm not a fan of any cancel culture, no matter what industry it's in or where it's at. You know, I would rather look at something and say, okay, if we have a problem, how do we make it better? Like, let's not just get rid of it. We already have it. Um, you know, to Joe, like, there's a lot of bad on social media, so we're just going to get rid of it all. Well, that's not going to happen. And, uh, and so it's like, how do we, as anglers, as organizations, how do we make it better? And if there come out, there are studies where it's, it is bad for the sport, you know, or someone can prove that, then I'm all for that. Uh, but right now, I don't see where it's, it's bad for the sport. Uh, you know, I feel like there's, as long as we're continuing to advance, then and learn more about the fish like fish will always adapt you know, they've been adapting for years and years and years you know you think it took like three or four years for them it didn't even take that long it probably took two years for them to adapt to the alabama rig now you still catch fish on it but you don't go catch 50 60 a day you know now it's a rig that you may get seven or eight bites on and they may be a little bit bigger but yeah. it, you know, they adjusted to that quickly. And so it's just one more thing to allow us to look at it, say, how do we make it better? The overlay on the screens, it's, it's actually not that hard. If you have an HDMI port in the back of your unit, which I think nearly all of them do at this point. Um, I know Hummingbird has it in their Apex units. That's why I ran one Apex unit this year. An HDMI cable through your boat when you rig your boat it plugs in fast plugs it in to their live camera and they've got a transmitter and it transmits back to the studio uh, you know and that that technology should continue to get better just like every other piece of technology uh, that should make that easier and easier and i think that's one way to help people understand if they want to say it's boring uh, you know, and then it doesn't matter what what's going on or how a guy's fishing. If the guy's not saying anything, it's going to be more boring than if he's explaining, you know, how he came about this. Um, you know, and then it just goes back to the point of next generation is just going to be that much better because we're just going to continue to tell them, you know, how to catch them better and better. And they're just going to learn more and more and more. Um, but I for me, like, I love that challenge, right? I was like, what's the next thing? How do I stay ahead of the game? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, that, now you're, like, how do you always continue to keep everyone trying to play catch up? You know, so even if you do teach somebody something, like, have the confidence that you're going to be able to go do it a little bit better. Because at this point in, whether it's on the elites or the Bass Pro Tour or the NPFL, it doesn't matter some guys are better at certain techniques, but as a whole, 
mechanics wise, everybody is pretty good. Everyone understands seasonal patterns, right? And everyone understands bass movements. And it doesn't matter how good you are. If you're not in it a hundred percent mentally, it doesn't matter how much technology you have or how much money you have or anything. You're not going to catch them. If you're in the right areas, if you're not, 100% invested if you're just going through the motions whether it's in practice or the tournament you're not going to catch it. even if you're staring at him on your graph and you watch your bait fall to his face if you are not invested in that 100% if your mind's on somewhere else you're thinking about the next cast you will not catch that bass yep yeah shoot Andy sees it every single day guiding on Lake Erie of bass going down his bait <laughs> <I eat. laughs> <laughs> don't even get me started on the ones that chase it up like 15 feet and then chase it all the way down uh, and then they just gosh. bump it and they don't eat it and i'm like why yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, and then they you just come back and they bit it off right behind the hook yeah, yeah. <laughs> or they get the tail i'm just like <sighs> uh-huh like at least yeah, 20 how? times a day i feel like at least it yeah, drives it's me uh, insane. i don't know i mean it's I know some guys are super, super against it. I'm, I'm not against it, but I'm also not going to say say like, have to have it. Because even if they said if Bass came out tomorrow and was like, "Oh, we're going to ban it," I'm still going to figure out a way to go catch them, right? And like figure out a way to try to beat everybody else with what's available. Like, that's always been the thing. If this is available, then I'm going to use that to my advantage to try to win because it's a right. competition like it competition shouldn't be fair all the time right i, I see your point there for sure all right um brandon do you have to run okay. yeah i probably should uh wife's still in there cutting elk up and grinding <laughs> burger so <laughs> i <laughs> probably shouldn't just sit here for hours and talk about ford basic owner i should probably get back to work and get my hands bloody again so uh, enjoy now appreciate you guys having me on though uh, and look forward to seeing kind of where it goes from here appreciate it man congrats again on the elk but i agree uh, like Josh said, it's probably not the last time you're talking about this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, <fair. laughs> well, appreciate it, dude. Uh, see, see you, man. Guys. All right. Uh, well, I mean, from there, we, we've had a pretty dang insightful conversation. And I guess I, I think we're all on the same page when it comes to the future, like what what needs to happen. I mean, I think we're even, we're seeing it in the comments too of guys who are like, no one was complaining and people were raving about like the classic with Gussie with that overlay and Gussie walking through what he was doing on the Tennessee river. People were raving about that. So I think maybe if there's some slight adjustments to like you guys said, I hit a nail on the head and that that'll die down. It'll blow up. Like Joe, you mentioned it'll blow over, you know, give people, I mean, the, the, like Brandon mentioned earlier too, like this happened at the very end of the season for both trails. And it's like now everyone has the whole off season just to go stir crazy and complain about something. And it'll probably blow over once both seasons start next year. But uh, in regards to the technology itself uh, to continue on the conversation for, from your guys' experience, you know, Josh, you've had it for a long time. Uh, Joey, I'm not familiar with how long you've had forward facing, but obviously you're on the water a hell of a lot. Um, have you guys seen the fish, 
becoming aware of your forward-facing sonar, that they've become accustomed to it. Fisher, I've heard from guys like on Lanier that fish are running away from it. Uh, I'm kind of curious your guys' take on that. It's a that's a good question, and that's one that it's so hard to give an honest or to give a, a answer right. as a fact, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of fishing in general is just opinions, and uh, my opinion is it's nowhere near the point of like I'd rather not even turn it on. I don't think fish are super accustomed to it, um, and I think even if some are, I would rather be able to fish for a, a, a weary fish that I can see than a fish that's not afraid of me, but I don't know where he is. Uh, you know, like I've seen some examples. Lake Fork was an example. A couple of years ago, we were at Lake Fork and uh, we're flipping stumps. You know, the water was down. We're fishing stumps on the edge of a creek channel with a jig in the middle of the winter. These are the most pressured fish in the country. How many live scopes do you think they've had pointed at them? And, uh, you flip your jig to that stump where you see a fish and he bites. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, I mean, hey, these are some of the smartest fish, most educated, biggest fish in the country, um, and, and they'll still bite. Now, I, I'm not going to, like I said, it's, I think fish get accustomed to everything. They're smarter than we sometimes give them credit for. But, um, man, I still think the advantage is on the angler side over the fish's side when it comes to, like, you know, Maybe they can feel those pulses. Maybe they can't, but I still want to be able to see them if I can. And that, again, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to catch them. It's Mm -hmm. still, dude, I have days where I go out and catch zero bass and I have live scope on my boat. So uh, it doesn't, doesn't make it easy, but um, I don't think it's anywhere near the point where the fish are actually getting scared of it and uncatchable. Okay. Joey, what's your take? Yeah, I mean, that's a tough question. I, I I do feel like in certain situations I've seen, you know, some things where I'm thinking, man, these, these fish just, they know I'm here, you know. But I can't, I, I don't really know that I know for sure that it's my sonar or, or whatever. Um, but I feel like in, in history, you know, like when we were over top of fish with 2D, that they, I felt like at one point they kind of got accustomed to that, like, maybe they felt that or something. So I think, I think it's, I think it's definitely going to, um, I, I mean, I, I don't know for sure, but I feel like it's probably going to get tougher maybe in some situations. Um, maybe not so much in the beginning of the year, spring, but as fisher fish for it throughout the year, maybe later times of the year, it could get tougher, but even then it's tougher to catch them anyway. So that's a tough question, man. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah. Uh. yeah. <laughs> Did you make a great point? I catch a lot less fish straight under the boat than I used to. And I don't know if it's because now I can see them so I can cast to them. But back in the day, dude, you'd see that that slug of a line on your 2D sonar and drop your bait to it in 20 feet and he would go down and bite it. And now you see that fish under your boat and you drop to it and he doesn't bite it quite as much. So I think you make a great point that I don't think they let you get as close to them anymore for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's not the first time we've heard that either. I think uh, we had an X2 power shoot after uh, the Elite Tournament on the St. Lawrence. I think it was Carl was saying the same thing, where it's like it's so hard to catch them below the boat now. And I think what it's doing is it's just going to make this this ebb and flow. You know, we're going to have another several years where 
we're able to figure out these offshore fish. And of course there's always going to remain a shallow and offshore population of fish, but we've heard it talked about a little bit. I think it was Hackney on Bass Blaster a while ago that was talking about this, where the more and more that anglers go out offshore using forward facing sonar, the better the bank's going to get more anglers might go to the bank. And the more you fish the bank, then the better the offshore, like each fishery is going to be different, but like the ones you're getting pressured enough, fish are going to move, you know, the, like when you watch a, you know, like put it in farm terms, when you have sheep dog that's herding the sheep, you watch where it goes, the sheep run away from it, wherever the boats are going to go, fish are going to adjust. They're going to go away from where the pressure is. And it's just going to be this ebb and flow of where fish are going to be found, how they're going to be found and fit. We adjust because the fish adjust. And that's the main thing. The fish aren't just going to sit there and get pulverized. That's just, it's not going to happen. And it's not going to happen because the great point last night um, on Alex Rudd's deal with Gene Gilliland was there are career limits for a reason. The, those limits imposed on the states, because I know this has been a point brought up, uh, is it's going to decimate populations of fish. And there's a reason why there's a career limit on our certain lakes, but also the states of you have a capacity of the amount of fish you're able to keep per day. And if that becomes that it's the, the surveys are that the population is decreasing, the states are going to change them to protect that. The, they're imposed there for a reason. So the populations will be fine. Um, and again, the fish are going to adjust as more, there's more pressure. We, we watched it with, with COVID, right? More anglers, more people on the water. We had to adjust with that. Uh, we watched the fish obviously adjust to that. And it's just going to be this ever changing game. I don't, that, that's my personal two cents on that. I would say 99% of the people listening do this thing called catch and release. Yeah. Works. Yeah. Especially so, bass fishermen. Like, yeah. You're not, I mean, and I get the crappies and stuff like that. I get that. And and again, that goes back to the limits, the krill limits, but as far as decimating a bass fishery, dude, I don't see it. I mean, I live out West where we have a lot less lakes than you guys do back East. And uh, dude, half the fish you catch have been caught before. Like, I mean, I was out, um, just the other day. And I'd say, you know, a third of the fish I caught had a visible, like healed mark on their face of like, Hey, they'd been caught and it healed. And, you know, you could tell it looks a little funky. Like that fish has been caught. Um, it works. So, I mean, they might keep getting smarter, but we're not going to wipe them out. Yeah. And I really don't like the, the whole argument that of people keeping fish like oh people are keeping fish every day and they're using you know specifically more crappie guys or walleye guys but what what did we think was happening before forward-facing sonar they were still keeping those fish they're just they're using (laughs) a different technology now and that's all that it is it's just you know they're they go out for five hours get their limit now they're going to three that's true they're probably still catching their limit those crappie guys man they know how to catch their limit no matter what yeah i mean the crappie ain't going anywhere <laughs> when you got yeah. them, you're gonna, you're still gonna catch them it's just it's now you're more point. efficient with it you know? and now you can do it in two hours as opposed to eight yeah right yep right. Um, so anything i know andy's got one last question for you guys before we let you go but uh anything from your guys's point of view that we might have missed or things maybe you've seen talk through the industry that we might have missed and want to comment on tonight i think, we I, I think you guys had great questions yeah you know I, I you asked me earlier and i was trying to rack my brain trying to think of something else and uh no i don't think so you know it's a conversation that's going to continue on and we'll see where fishing goes obviously yeah. it, uh, it's getting one way or the other but as of right now 
I'm all for it. And hey, dude, I don't want to see these fisheries get decimated. Or I mean, I make a living bass fishing. Right. So like, dude, if I think we're in jeopardy here, I'm going to want to put a stop to it. Just, you know, like all professional fishermen would. Right. Uh, but I don't think I just don't think we're anywhere close to that. And I don't know what the future holds either. I don't know how to how to predict the future. I, I just, I just want to fish. Like, you know, if they want to take it away, whatever, I still just want to fish. Like, it doesn't matter to me if they, if they remove it or whatever, like I'm, I'm just happy with fishing. That's <laughs> kind of, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess with, with that being said, before we uh, hit you guys to the last question that Andy's got for you, I'll say to the people that are against it, uh, a lot of them I found have never used the technology before. And I will say, I urge you, to because and i'll give credit there's been a lot of people that are against it um but they have been it's very rare when you have conversations nowadays where you disagree with somebody and you can have a thoughtful discussion without emotions getting in in the way of things so i appreciate those folks but get in get in the boat with somebody that has it go at least try it for a day or two and then try to form the laugh giggle like i've never seen more grown men giggle in their lives than with forward-facing sonar (laughs) yeah and Especially if you can hit them on the head 80 feet away and you watch them come up 10 feet off the bottom to smoke your bait. Like, it's just incredible technology. It's a blast. That's right. I get the cost thing. You know, hey, it's like, you know, a lot of people feel like, hey, well, now I need to go invest a, a couple grand to to be able to compete. And, I mean, dude, there's certain tournaments where there's no doubt. I'm not going to lie. Like, if you don't have it, you're at a disadvantage. But, Dude, I wish I had PXG golf clubs too, but um, I'm not going to invest the money in those. I'm going to have my 10 year old set of golf clubs. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I understand that that is like, I mean, fishing's getting expensive. Everything in this world's getting expensive, and it's one of the things in fishing that I don't love. Like a, a young aspiring angler right now, dude, he's going to need to find some cash somewhere to be able to be competitive on the tournament trail. And that's tough, dude. I, I definitely understand. But uh, yeah, and you see the comment there, you know, gas is 550, boats are 100K. Like, it's, this isn't just a live scope or a forward facing thing. Like, everything is expensive. Like, everything's expensive. This is just on par. It's par for the course right now in the world we live in. A pack of flatworms is what, $9 a bag, I think, or $8 a bag, depending on where you buy them. And if you have forward facing sonar, you're guaranteed to go through probably. <laughs> Five to eight bags a day. <laughs> so, I went through like four bags yesterday. You're preaching right? to the choir down there, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm speaking in terms of our viewers, all right? Like, it's nothing is cheap. And then your tungsten weight when a smallmouth dr- throws it off when you're fighting it, there's $3 every time. Like, it's not cheap. Yeah. It, it's a poor life decision to go full time fisherman. I'll tell you that. That's a good call, dude. <laughs> it's expensive. <laughs> golf is cheap compared to fishing (laughs) i i actually do agree with you like because i i started golfing a little bit this summer and i i've only gone through like six golf balls i'm like man this is pretty cost effective i've also avoided golf courses with water so okay (laughs) yeah but But like yeah it's i mean it's there it's available everybody has the opportunity to own it at this point and when you go and buy your $100,000 boat, which a lot of these guys are probably complaining about it, that they just didn't add it on when they bought their boat. Like from a, a person who came from finance to add in that extra graph, it's like $6 a month on your loan 
for the duration of your loan. Just slap it on there when you build your boat. Now you don't have to worry about buying it off the shelf and installing installing it yourself. You it can come packaged on your boat. And you're at an advantage of like everybody else is. Now the trick is learning how to use it. So because that's the hard part. Well, Andy. Yeah, this, with our last question. Right, this will be a fun one. So if all technology was banned besides GPS mapping, besides forward-facing sonar, what would your ideal boat setup be with just forward-facing sonar on it and mapping? Okay, so we get forward-facing and mapping? Forward-facing and mapping. What would your ideal boat setup be? So are you talking like the whole boat or like just your like electronics you want? Yeah, electronics. Transducers, how would you have them mounted, etc.? Yeah, so I mean, in the back, you're only going to need. Well, I mean, can you put one a live scope in the back too? You can dude? put it wherever you want. Yeah, so what is your ideal dude, setup? Give me 10 live scope transducers, <laughs> and uh, I'm going I'm to put them all over the boat facing every angle. Uh, LVS 34s from Garmin, and you're not gonna uh, go the ocean one, the LVS. No. Too? <laughs> no, dude. I tried it. it. It didn't really work, man. But uh, honestly, um, dude, if I would, if you could only run live scope and you couldn't run 2D or, or down, I'd put one in the back too, you know, just to have one at both so you could see your depth and, and see fish and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I would probably still be running two units in the back, two 12 inch Garmin's, um, the Echo Maps, uh, 126s. And then one I'd, I'd use mapping and one I'd use live scope. Now, again, dude, I'm trying to be realistic here. You know, mm-hmm. you, you could give me five and I could run a lot, but uh, one of those in the back and then up front. If you want to go nuts again, I'd like two up front, one on perspective, one on live view forward, and then a unit for mapping. But, um, dude, me right now, I'm running two units up front, two in the back. Um, I may end up running three up front next year. We'll see. That seems three is the new two. I wouldn't mind seeing the leagues put a forward unit minimum on, dude, uh, just because it is kind of – it's a lot, dude. It's a lot to get the boat rigged and to do all this, and um, it the whole thing is just a lot. And, and, hey, everyone's looking for an edge, and, like, it's a competitive world. Both of these tours are extremely competitive, and you do anything you can to get an edge. And, uh, dude – it doesn't matter what it is. If it's if it if you think it's going to give you an edge, you're going to do it, and then you do it for a year, and then everyone else in the league does it, and then you got to find something else to go a step above. So, mm-hmm. everyone had two graphs on when I started in 2013 on tour. Now, like four is skimpy. <laughs> um, it's a uh, it's so, and that's a whole it's a whole nother conversation, mm-hmm. and that's why like that's why the conversation's not going to stop. Because uh, there, there's a lot to this thing. And there's a lot of money involved on the angler side, on the company side, on the tournament circuit side. It's just a very uh, complicated situation. Makes sense. I can't even answer your question, dude. It's loaded. You know? <laughs> yeah, I can't. I want to hear what Joey thinks. Uh, so what am I doing now? Uh, one, you I, get, got, I got, go ahead. What? Whatever forward-facing sonar units you want in mapping. Um, so I, yeah, I thought about that. Um, I would have one live scope transducer on the front of my boat, um, and I'd have a Garmin. You know, obviously a Garmin goes with that. 
Um, I like the 86. I think it's the 8600 series. Is that right, Josh? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's their highest end unit. It's the super right. high pixels. Yep. So I'd have one of those. Um, and then I'd have, I don't have an electronic sponsor. So I, I would have a Lowrance and a Hummingbird um, for, for both of their mapping. Um, mainly the Hummingbird. And then on the back, I would have a Hummingbird and Lowrance. So I guess that's, I would, my boat would probably be exactly the same. Take off the other transducers. Like I, I don't think I need, um, anything else. Uh, I could just, you know, do what I'm doing and set Larry Nixon mindset. He knows where to yeah. find fish. I, I like to, I like to keep things really simple. Like that's just the way I am. Um, I, you know, like I, I don't need a bunch of, I mean, yeah, if you had two live scopes in the back shooting out the side, yeah, you could go idling around and find stuff. But I just find myself more and more at these tournaments pulling up to a point And just, if I need to find something, I'll just use my live scope to do it. Like I don't, I mean, I do some idling of course, but um, you know, I, I don't think it's necessity for me anyway, you know, so one transducer, four graphs or three, I guess, or five i'm good to go yeah <laughs> i like it what uh we lied last question just because it came up in my mind right now uh but fun fishing wise you know take tournaments out of the picture would you guys take the uh, old jet boat route like one little you know sat or 2d mapping unit and go a little jet boat deal sometimes it'd be a blast dude but not all the time Right. <laughs> it's <just> not, <laughs> yeah. You're talking to a desert boy, dude, that grew up fishing deep. You know, right. it wouldn't work that well for me out here, you know, but yeah, maybe if I live somewhere else. I was going to say maybe, Joey, that's more your neck of the woods. Yeah. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a mud holer, like go back in the stuff though. Uh, I think it's, and Larry's not either. He kind of influenced me on that. So I like to, I like to fish deep primarily. I'm not a big shallow water fisherman. I mean, I will, but um, so now I, I don't think I would do any of that. I'd leave that up to Keith Poche. <laughs> I hear you. Well, fellas, uh, seriously, we really appreciate you guys taking the time out to come join us on this. Obviously, like we mentioned, everyone's talking about it almost at uh, a nauseating level. But uh, appreciate you joining us and helping us have a voice uh, in this as well because the answers were great. It was super insightful. Pre- the guys, the people that joined tonight, uh, and the people that are listening, super appreciate your time as well um, and your guys' words of wisdom. So appreciate the time. I know it won't be the last time we get you guys on here, but appreciate you you coming and joining tonight. Next time it won't be about forward-facing sonar. Yeah, that's right. We promise. <laughs> yeah, well, 2.0, Joey, time. come on, dude. <laughs> yeah. Joey, we're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna shadow it. We're going to tell you it's about something else. We're, by the way, so Joey, we're talking forward-facing sonar tonight. <laughs> He's like, delete. I'm out. He's like, I'm out. <laughs> Who's this? No, I mean, it's what's going on. So, like, you know, we got to talk about it. I mean, you know, I, I guess I shouldn't have said that earlier, but it's, you know, it is what it is. I mean, it's it's bass fishing. It's the hype now. So we'll chat about it. But just cut out the social media and everything will be all right. That's right. <laughs> well, boys, you guys make a living, dude. Good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. There's whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Uh, seriously, appreciate it. We'll talk to you both real soon. Have All right. Appreciate guys. it, guys. Thank you, guys. Peace, oh, well, Andy, fun. I think that went well. I think that uh, was insightful for a lot of people. Um, 
I was surprised we didn't have as many trolls in the comments. We had a couple, uh, but trollers are not. Right. They're we welcome. Yeah, like we... any comment is a good comment. So like you can, and that's one beautiful thing about like this platform we have, right? Like opinions are valid. You're allowed to have your opinion. Yeah. It's just, it's hard to have an opinion if you've never used the technology. And that's, yeah. and I, I, I've had it now on my boat for one full year. And this is my one and only point I'm going to make here. And I know you've had a little bit longer, Bailey. I have learned more, not how to catch bass. I've learned more about their behaviors being positive and negative and where they live in a lake. Like I've caught fish in areas and now with forward facing, I'm like, oh my gosh, now I know why even more that they're here besides like side scan, because it gives you the full detail of what's going on on the bottom if you're pointing that a specific piece of structure the correct way it just it's more of an informational tool you learn so much more without even catching fish and to the point of seeing bass run away being on lake erie every single day basically and using forward facing sonar guide trips fun fishing tournament i can say a majority of the fish that run away from me are walleye and sheephead most of the bass on Lake Erie, in my opinion, will actually show themselves when the boat pulls up. And I, and I think it's just because they're curious. Largemouth spots could be completely different, but a lot of smallmouth will actually rise up and show themselves and then go back down. And if you know how to cast and hit that 40, 50, 60, 80, 90 feet away from the boat, mm-hmm. dead on that angle and right on their head, that bass bites like 50 to 80% of the time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's for me, I'll agree with you. Like tournament fishing or fishing whatever, I could fish without it. That's that's perfectly fine. It doesn't make me feel one way or the other. To me, it's like a thing like being in an aquarium. Oh, yeah. Like if I could go out there and see like what you're exactly saying, being able to just watch these fish. Take I can leave the rods in the truck. Just pan that tech and being able to see these fish, how they behave, understand. Like when you go on a rock pile and you see those fish out on our minds prior to forward, we're thinking, oh, all those fish are always there. They're sitting right there. They're just waiting for baits. Oh, it drives me nuts it, when I pull up. Like and I'm like, where are they? And then yeah. you pan like 70 feet to the left. And you're like, huh. What are you doing in the mud? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, what are you yeah. doing over there? Yeah. yeah. I, I think one important point I want to make too is that uh and really the the trolls actually as long as they're not being like ugly in in regards to like saying nasty stuff i find it funny so i i I encourage i'll have a beer with them and that was one of the conversations conversations actually had with somebody today uh there was somebody i was getting a little emotional in a comment section and we ended up just uh getting in the dms and it's like hey man let's let's put emotions let's actually talk about it let's have a thoughtful mature conversation and at the end of it you know we still disagreed that they didn't like forward facing something they didn't like technology in general i love technology but we agreed we're like hey we can just agree to disagree we'll still go have a beer and go fishing like dude i'll leave electronics at home go at home and go fishing with you any day it don't matter i I I love turning them off and getting up shallow and having a time like and i think that's the argument to be said here is that not you don't have to have it right like it's your choice not to have it, but if it's available to you and you don't have it, you don't want to use it. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But if you're in an event that you need it, you are going to be left way behind. Here is a great example of that. So this past weekend, state championships, 
<laughs> I the fish that I found, I found three weeks ago. I when I was going up to the St. Lawrence River X2 power shoot and decided to go fun fishing along the way and found these fish. And they're they're rogue chasing bait. I found them use they're they're deep saddles that I found with side imaging and mapping. Um, but was targeting them specifically with forward facing sonar and didn't think there's no way these fish are here when I come back for tournament, come back for tournament and practice, go to the same spot. Just, you know, you got to check it, right. You got to look at it, pull up. What do you know? They're still there. Like bait balls, pods of them. Like, like, man, if they stay another two days, like this could be fun. And they stayed. Uh, but Thursday afternoon, I took out, went to a different ramp. And put in, and my electronics won't turn on. And typically, if I hadn't had anything figured out, I'd be like, fine, you know, we're going to make do. Like, if I can fix them, I can fix them. If I can't, we're going to figure it out. But this time of year, the summer to fall transition, these fish get so hard on bait and feed up throughout the fall that I, I was telling my buddy this. I was like, look, this is a two-day event. If this was a one-day shootout, I wouldn't worry about this. I'd go get a swim bait, a flipping bait. I'd go figure it out and I'd beat the bank. I'd go cover this whole dang lake. But I said, with a two-day event, without it, it is so much harder to be as consistently successful. Like, if I had it, I can damn sure sure guarantee myself a top three with the size class I'm on, how they're presenting. You can catch them. You can catch them still, but... It's going to like it went from, and this speaks to the power of the tech. But again, you still have to find these fish. Where I found them, no one else found these fish. No one even else even knew about it. There was one boat that figured it out Sunday, and that was because he saw me catching them out there. And he he told me that have it on GoPro. So like it's one of those things you still have to be able to find these fish. But it made such an impact where you can still catch these fish. It might turn your forty bite day into a ten bite day, which is is all fine. But it shows that. You don't need it, but there definitely is an impact to it. And so it's it was one where it's like I acknowledge the fact that look, I don't I don't want to have to have them, but in this case, for me to win or have a chance at winning, it was important. So it, it's it's an interesting thing where it's like tournaments, I do what I want to do to win and I have fun doing that. I love electronics. I love getting out and seeing these fish interact. I love I giggle like a little kid when these fit these pods of small mouth 30 of them come rocketing up to the surface after my Demiki rig uh and you're just like oh you're like andy and i were laughing for three <laughs> hours straight when it we took us four hours to find them but when yeah we well, once, them, you do, was, once you oh find gosh. them like it, it was it was so much fun uh and anybody that doesn't have fun with it like all the power to you we totally respect that uh if you haven't used it i encourage you to go out with someone that knows how to use it uh, cause one, you will just learn a lot. Uh, and if you still don't use it, Hey, that's, that's all fine. It's completely fine. I know plenty of guys that win a lot of tournaments locally that don't have it on their boat. So it's, I don't think we can argue and fight with people because we don't think that we personally need it. And I think that's one of the biggest faults we have in humanity is the fact that, we're so opinionated and we're so right in our own mindset that we don't care what other people think we are right and everyone else is wrong. And I think we could change that and 
to your point, Bailey, sit down, have a beer with somebody. I'm sure you'll find a lot more common ground than disagreement ground, no matter what you believe in. So just, just got to talk and we can figure it out. And uh, Tyler's point real fast, May, June, September, October. Send me a DM. We'll talk. (laughs) Right now. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Dude, I'm excited for the fall bite. So we have two. We mentioned, I think, in the beginning, um, the next two weeks, I am traveling for work literally Mondays, Monday to Friday. So Andy and I are going to have some episodes out. There's, I don't think we're going to have a live stream over the next two weeks. Um, so we'll just have uh, two episodes a week. We'll keep the same cadence for you guys. Show wise, it'll just be um, it'll just be you know, pre-recorded shows, uh, and then we'll be back. We have some pretty exciting guests coming up. Uh, some pretty exciting news. We have something new, a new show coming. I, I told you guys with Hamner on Tuesday. We have a new show coming to the network in November uh, and can't give you more details on that yet, but keep following along on social media as well as keep listening to the shows and you guys will get more details as we get closer. Um, but pretty excited about that. And I think this show uh, was super insightful. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Um, if you have comments and I'm sure a lot of people do get, send us an email, get in touch in the comment section. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, DM us on Instagram or Facebook, whichever is easier for you. I'd love to chat about it. Um, have adult conversations about it. Um, and just because, again, and this is the thing that in this situation, I think a lot of people forget is we're here for a bass. Not even just a bass. We're here for fish. We're here because we love, one, we love getting outside. We love getting out in nature. And we love that old doink that's on the end of your line when you get a bite. That's the reason we're here. That's the drug, right? So let's remember that's that's what it is. And this technology helps you get a little bit more bites if you know how to find the dang fish in the first place. So, um, folks, appreciate y'all. Andy, anything else for him? Um, no, not this moment. Just, oh, I'll throw this out there real fast. If you do want a guide trip, because Tyler asked here in our comments, uh, for 2024, I have like eight days left in May, like five or six days left in June. July, I'm going to open up a little bit more. And my September and October are actually starting to fill up too. So 2024 is almost booked. So if you want to get in to catch some big Lake Erie smallmouth or chase largemouth of the Finger Lakes, make sure you reach out sooner than later. Otherwise, dates are probably going to be gone. Heck yeah. Um. And I'll remind folks, too, if you guys want to hear this whole conversation from a biologist standpoint, go to Alex Rudd's, either his podcast or his YouTube channel with Gene Gilland. Um, <clears throat> pretty good conversation over there. But uh, this will be, you know, we might talk about the actual tech being used for fishing soon, but we are not going to have a forward-facing so- uh, sonar focus show for a quite a long time because we were kind of hesitant to even talk about it in the first place, but I'm glad we did and appreciate three gents you know brandon polonic joyce fuentes and josh bertrand joining us tonight to talk about it amazing folks follow their social medias if you're not already uh, we have that all in the description of the shows uh y'all are amazing as always and we'll see it on the next one peace <laughs>
please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more, which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you liked some of the things we talked about in this episode and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Sears Sanger fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all. And we'll see y'all on the next one.